it is thundering and lightning right now in February in Toronto. So hopefully the power stays on long enough for me to record this podcast. As always, Feel Goodery is recorded in front of a live studio dog. Hello and welcome to the show. Welcome to Feel Goodery. I am so happy you're here. It is leap day today. It's February 29th, so anything can happen. It is, the, it is the day for taking chances. If you haven't told the love of your life you love them, run to the airport, buy a ticket, go to the gate and tell them. Because if you can't tell someone you love on leap day, when can you? Could you imagine if anything you did on this day didn't really count? Or it did count, but you wouldn't face any repercussions for four years? That'd be neat. What is new? What is going on? Um, we have been traveling a little bit. We went to California a couple weeks ago to see some friends in Pasadena, California. And if you've ever been to Los Angeles, it's a wild place. But Pasadena, as we learned, is sort of the outskirts of LA proper. And it's far enough that apparently no one will want to come visit you in Pasadena. And I was trying to think of what the equivalent would be in, in Toronto and maybe like Milton, which is like a 40-minute drive. So it's just long enough that... People won't make the trek to come to come see you, but it was beautiful. And, th- and then we went to see some friends in Palm Desert, uh, which was not boiling this time of year, which was nice. And I got to see palm trees. And I don't know if you have a certain tree that you like that calms you down, but for me, it's palm trees. I just feel I just feel happier seeing a palm tree. So that was nice. So we're, we're home for a couple of weeks. Uh, it's been a busy couple of weeks, lots happening at the morning show. I'm doing a talk this week uh, in three different time zones. So it's a very early morning talk for a company based in the US. And then in a couple of weeks, Mark is off on another ship uh, to do his solo show. And I'm actually going to tag along uh, for the ride. One of, one of the perks and work remotely because there's there's internet there. But there's a lot to get done before that. And I'm sure it's the same for you. I'm sure your, your to-do list feels like it's forever growing. I was just in the States, so I would reference a CVS receipt. If you've ever been in the States, their receipts are a good three feet long. So that's what the to-do lists feel like. And I'm sure it's an ever-growing list for you as well. And if you're busy or when you're busy or you're feeling stressed, it can it can be real hard to have the energy or the reserve to do anything that benefits your well-being, like eat well and exercise. When you're stressed, the last thing you want to do is eat well and exercise. You just want to sit on the couch, watch Netflix, and chill. And I realized that Netflix and chill completely doesn't mean Netflix and chill. I thought I thought there was two sides of Netflix and chill, and if you don't know, and if you've been saying Netflix and chill, that always means hooking up, apparently. It doesn't mean Netflix and watching. Sometimes it always means hooking up. So if you've been saying, because apparently my mom, bless her heart, she told me that she just learned that Netflix and chill means hooking up. She's been telling people at the grocery store that ask what she's doing that weekend that she's just Netflix is Netflixing and chilling. And now basically everyone at the grocery store thinks my mom's hooking up a lot. So good for her. We love that for her. But it is hard to have the energy or the reserve, like I talked about, to do things that benefit your well-being and your quote-unquote wellness when you're stressed out, it's hard to make good habits stick. So if you have ever found yourself sort of wishing there was an easier way to stay on top of your health goals or be a little bit healthier without adding a lot of work, that's what today's concept is about. That's what we're talking about today in this more or less feel-goodery short. It's really about finding those 
sneaky kind of shortcuts into wellness, the kind that that doesn't require, you know, summoning a uh, a Herculean level of willpower or or sacrificing your your very little precious time. So we are diving into the concept of the path of least resistance and how it can really make a difference when it comes to succeeding at our health habits. And I love it for so many reasons, mostly because it calls us out for being stuck in our ways. So let's get into it. What is the path of least resistance and how does it apply to our health? So the path of least resistance works around the idea that the more effort something takes, the less likely we are to start and or stick with it. So the easier, more subtle something is, the more likely it'll become a habit. And I love this concept because it basically calls us out. It calls us human beings out for how we work. But in knowing how we work and how our brains work, we can use this to our advantage. And when it comes to our health, the easier the change, the more likely we are to succeed. So I'm going to put this concept into action just to get the ball rolling in your head because there's so many different ways you can use this principle, but I want to give you four or five examples of how you can put this into practice in your own life to feel a little bit gooder. The first is finding a successful way to actually reduce your caffeine intake. I love caffeine. I love it. You know how people, they they share something that they they should be they're they're ashamed of but it's something so vanilla like i i have a secret i love caffeine well i love ice cream linda i'm so impressed by you anyways i love caffeine guilty but we know that too much of a good thing can be a bad thing so maybe you want to cut back on caffeine but for some of us the idea of having fewer physical cups of coffee every single day like going from four cups to three cups creates a little resistance in the brain and nothing actually changes. You always inevitably have that fourth or fifth cup. Or for others, the concept of having a decaf coffee on its own instead doesn't really register as legit. Don't tell me this is a real cup of coffee when there's no caffeine in it. So again, there's that resistance and nothing changes either way with either of those scenarios. So a person's caffeine intake stays up and up and up. So what works for some people who want to cut back on caffeine without feeling like they are is to go half and half. So if you make a pot of coffee, half the grounds are caffeinated and the other half are decaf. And I know this sounds simple and you might have heard it before, but the point is this can be the path of least resistance for some people that results in finally successfully reducing caffeine intake. And when you do that, it can have a ripple effect on your sleep, your overall jitteriness level, and overall feeling better, all because you made a change in a way that works with your brain. You lowered that path of resistance enough where it actually was accessible to you to make something a habit. And it's something that actually works for a lot of people. So that's an example of how the path of least resistance can work for that. The second path of least resistance example and how you can apply it to your health is for the fast eaters of the world, which are a lot of us. There's a lot of fast eaters out there. I can eat really quickly. I've been known to eat really quickly. My sister uh, says that she eats really fast because she she grew up around me. And if she didn't eat fast, she wouldn't eat because I would just eat all the food. Anyways, um, A lot of us are fast eaters. I can be a fast eater. It's easy to eat really quickly. 
But when we do this, when we eat really fast, we don't chew our food enough, which gives more work to the rest of our digestive system. And we're also more likely to eat to the point of discomfort because we don't give our brains a chance to catch up to the fact that we're full. And we know we should slow down, but we forget. So one easy way in to eat slower and eat more mindfully is to eat with your non-dominant hand. So if you're right-handed, you hold the fork with your left hand. If you're left-handed, you hold the fork with your right. And it sounds simple, but when you do this, you're forced to slow down, to concentrate on the movement, and you naturally become a more mindful eater. You are also less likely to eat to the point of discomfort. And interestingly enough, with that, a UK university found that moviegoers, people who go to the movies, ate 40% less popcorn when they used their non-dominant hand. So switch it up and you'll slow down without even thinking about it. And this works in practice. People have written me that I've tried this after I've talked about this. And I haven't, I didn't come up with this concept, but I, I've researched it and shared it. People would write into me saying, I actually eat slower now because I use my non-dominant hand. And as a bonus, this is actually really, really good for your brain to use a different part of it, to coordinate a different movement. It's kind of like why they recommend taking different directions to work. When you do this, when you stimulate your brain a little bit, it's really beneficial when it comes to the health of your brain. So you support your digestion, you support your brain, you support your feelings of fullness or lack the, or feelings of stuffness to the, you don't want to be stuffed. So this will support anti-stuffness after you eat. And it's just a really interesting way to slow down using that path of least resistance because it doesn't take a lot of effort to just switch up the hand, but more subconscious effort will be made when you slow down the rate at which you eat and focus on the movement at hand. This next tip, this next path of least resistance concept might sound obvious. And before you press stop on this podcast, there is a reason I'm saying this, and you might need to hear this because you might need to send this to someone else, and it could be vital information. We need to talk about flossing. Not only does flossing support better breath, which is a favor to us all, but it also helps to support oral health. And we might not realize it because it's not it's not talked about enough, but the health of our mouth is connected, intricately connected to the health of our entire body, from the health of our immune system, to the health of our gut, to the health of our brains, and to the health of our hearts. And we all brush our teeth every day, I hope. I hope, I hope. Guys, if, if you're not brushing, then we need to, we need to talk. But we don't all floss. When it comes to Canada, less than half of Canadians floss every single day. So an easy way to improve your health from your immune system to your gut, to your brain, to, your, uh, to everything is to floss every single day and to make it a habit. And this is the point when it comes to the path of least resistance, to make flossing a habit because we all like to think we're going to be heroes and floss every day, but we forget to make it a habit. Keep the floss out next to the toothbrush. A lot of us keep groundbreaking, but a lot of us keep our toothbrushes out on the counter and put the floss in the cupboard. But to make something a habit, to lower that path of resistance, you want to have that visual cue. So it just lightninged. I hope the power stays on. You want to have that visual cue. So keep it out next to the toothbrush and floss every single day. I know it sounds obvious, but we're not all flossing and it's an easy way to upgrade and improve your health that doesn't take a lot of effort. 
Next up is an easy way, an easy upgrade to your mental health. An easy way to support your mental health at work is by integrating nature in some form into your workspace, whether that is putting a plant on the desk or arranging your workstation to face a window. Studies show that even the slightest connection with nature in your workspace can enhance focus, lower cortisol, and reduce mental fatigue. So you can also, if you want, make your your phone wallpaper a picture of nature so that you have that nature connection every time you look at your phone. The next path of least resistance and making something a habit ties in kind of to the floss concept, but that's when it comes to supplements. A lot of people know they should take some at least standard supplements like vitamin D or fish oil. And what happens, and I see it in practice, is they they do it for a couple days and then forget or get off of it. And it's so common for us to buy a bottle of supplements, take a third of it, and then have to throw out the rest a year later because we forget to take it. So in order for you to remember to take your really beneficial supplements like your vitamin D in the morning or your probiotic or your vitamin C or your multi or whatever, whatever wonderful thing you're taking, to make it a habit, keep it out where you can see it. And I'm reiterating the point I made earlier. Having that visual cue seeing the supplements every single day on the counter, even if they're making clutter, seeing that visual cue lowers that path of resistance so you will remember to take it long enough for it to become a habit. So I normally tell people four to six weeks, keep the supplements, all the new supplements that you're taking out on the counter so that you remember to take it. This can also be used for uh, water intake. If you're having trouble having that first glass of water in the morning, you always go straight for the coffee. The night before, get into the habit. And again, this is where if you forget to do this, you're screwed still. But if you can, if you remember, place the water glass in front of the coffee maker. So you will remember to drink that glass of water before going to the coffee. So these were a lot of different kind of quick little examples, but hopefully they're enough to kind of get your mind thinking about how this might apply to you. How can you make things so easy for yourself, so simple that it requires as little thought as possible so that it becomes an easy thing to integrate? And that sound means it is time for today's feel-good thing, which are little weird things that make us feel good, that deserve a spot in the momentary spotlight so we can train our brains to seek out the good more often because we're wired to find the bad. Today's feel-good thing is the moment when you think you're out of coffee filters and you find one last one. So, I mean, if you've been there, hear me out. You're about to make a pot of coffee or set it up for the next morning, your coffee maker, and you realize you ran out of coffee filters. Maybe it's specific to me, especially because everyone seems to have single-serving coffee maker machines now. But if you remember the coffee filter days, just think back. You filled your water, and you get the coffee grounds, and then you reach for the coffee filter, and you have none. And you remember that last night you told yourself to buy more, but your dumbass forgot. But then, then, you see a little piece of fabric, and you have one spare filter in the back of the cupboard because your smart ass placed it there just in case this very scenario happened and you get to have coffee tomorrow. And that relief and that pride in yourself for planning ahead because you're that forgetful, that really, that really is a feel-good thing. It's so silly. I mean, that's such a little small intricacy, little feel-good thing, but it happened to me recently and it actually was a moment where I was like, oh, this actually feels pretty good. So it's a feel-good thing. As always, if you are enjoying the show, It does mean a lot to me if you take a second to leave a five-star review or rating. 
it does mean a lot and every share counts for this. So please feel free to share and I'll, I'll repost. The thing is, in talking about the path of least resistance like we did today, it's not that we don't have the willpower or the gumption or the energy to make big changes that stick. We absolutely do. It's just that sometimes we've all got so much going on We're keeping so many balls up in the air just to keep going that sometimes we have to rely and put our trust into the small things. But the good and the reassuring part is that we know, based on everything, that the small things, the smallest of things, can make the biggest impact. I hope you have a wonderful day ahead. I hope it's feel good. And I hope you stay out of the thunderstorm if you're in one. I will see you next time on Feel Goodery. And now for the legal stuff. The information provided in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. Please always consult with your healthcare provider.